in the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to The Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening, night or day, in this world. Well, thank you very much for tuning in, or for tuning in again, if that happens to be the case. This is episode number 192, Life's Purpose. Why are you here? No, really, why the hell are you here? Before I get started into this, folks, I wanted to send a very special thank you to my listeners in Pakistan. Your support is very much appreciated. Thank you. This is going to be a philosophical weekend edition. I like to make, well, honestly, I I like to make every broadcast special, but maybe just a little bit more special for the Friday show because you're not going to hear my wonderful, beautiful, incredible voice for several days. You're not going to hear me again until Monday. I know, I know. It'll be hard, but... Folks, this is what you got. So, I wanted to make this extra special for you. And what I wanted to talk about is life's purpose. So, you could say this is definitely, decidedly philosophical in nature. But that's okay. This isn't, uh, this isn't the type of philosophy amongst um, people who are in academia, you might want to call this uh, a different uh, kind of philosophy. I call it realist philosophy, um, or as some in the family have called it, being a blue-collar Buddha, if you will. I think that's very clever, actually. I like that, blue-collar Buddha. Very good. So, um... What is your purpose? Now, this is a bit deeper than what most people may realize because, you see, for most of us, we, we look, we're always going so fast all the time. And the way they interpret that question is, in the immediate, in the here and now, which is fine. You know, depending mostly on your age and activity. Do you have kids? Do you not have kids? Um, if you're, you know, somewhere between 25, around 35-ish, and you have a partner and you have kids, that's pretty much the orbit of your world. And... I understand that. Been there, done that. So, I understand. And having said those words, and listen to this carefully. This is important. 
been there, done that. That means really that I empathize and I understand that because now I am older and being older gives you perspective. And one of the greatest points of perspective is talking to very elderly people. And when I say very elderly, I'm talking like late age of late 80s and up. Late 80s. Because many of those folks, even though they're, well, they're at the age where they are, um, but assuming if they're, if they still, you know, if they have 80 or 90% of their brain function and they have their wits about them, they certainly have their memories. And folks, I got to tell you, with the people that I have talked to, the uh, these people in this age demographic are a very, very special people that you should get to know. Because here is the absolute beauty of what they have to say. They say whatever they say with this in mind. So connect these two things that I'm going to say. You see, when you are at that age and stage in your life, you certainly don't want to waste time. And they don't want to spend time in frivolous conversation because, well, time is of the essence. Time increasingly becomes, I know it is for me, and time becomes an increasingly valuable commodity. So, you, in other words, your patience goes down because when you've been there and done that, you're not puppy dogish anymore, and you're not because you don't fucking want to waste time. It's that simple. When I, I remember when I was much, much younger, much younger, and you look at guys, I looked at guys who were my current age back then, and if they seemed, you know, curmudgeon-y and just, and nasty, and this, that, and the other. And of course, you don't get it. You don't get it because you're not there. Because stupid shit annoys you. And they understand, we understand, I understand the young. And that's just it. That is the point. We understand. And it's the fact is that you don't understand that we, because on the continuum of time, time being so important to us that you don't understand or appreciate that you have time, because at least relatively speaking, in your own mind's eye, you're immortal, although we clearly know you're not. <laughs> and, um, you know, you, you're very puppy doggish. Puppy wants to play. Puppy wants to be stupid. Puppy, puppy, puppy. 
this is like the old joke. If you've heard of this, or if you, or if you can, if you can even picture this analogy of the puppy. I mean, I've actually witnessed this. <laughs> I was told, but I've actually, I was told this is a joke years ago, but I actually witnessed it many years ago. And here's an old cat, an old fat tomcat, but he's old. And he's sitting there and he's minding his own business. <laughs> you know, and he just wants to be left alone. And here comes puppy, the squirrely, bouncy fucking puppy. Because <laughs> it's a puppy. And he wants to play. Let's play. <laughs> and he's bouncing. He's bouncing around the, the cat. The cat sits there and just watches him. And this puppy, you know, just kept insisting he wanted to play. And the cat just sat there and is basically saying, leave me alone. I, I don't want to play with you. And the puppy kept getting more and more aggressive, and it you know, got up in its face. And it got up to its face one too many times, and, you know, you know old cat or fast, or, or young cat, cats are fast when they need to be. He just swiped out with his paw, his claws out, <laughs> right across his nose. Yep, yep, yep. Fucking puppy runs away. Okay, I could use that as a metaphor for life. You're annoying. <laughs> you're that puppy. If you're that young, you're annoying. And teenagers, well, of course, that just goes with the territory. Most of you are inherently annoying. <coughs> but even past that, I'd say... Mm, Till maybe, depending on how immortal you think you are, until you're somewhere between, I don't know, maybe 30, 35, you can still be annoying. <laughs> but it has to do with understanding purpose. And those folks, I have talked to them, and here is the beauty of their disposition and their attitude if you want to spend some time you can go to the proverbial you don't need uh, you know a special license that i'm aware of you don't you just want to you know talk get to know talk to some people you could do that there'll probably be some i assume you you do have to have some some kind of uh, they're going to do a background check and check you out but if you just want to do this you could do this because there's lots of elderly people in various places that would enjoy just having someone listen to them and listen to their advice. And as I was saying before, what I was talking about, the beauty, the absolute beauty of anything that they're saying is that they don't want to waste time bullshitting because, as for the reasons I already explained and also, they don't have anything to lose. They don't have anyone to answer to. In other words, if, there, if, if ever there is a time to fess up and tell the truth and not give a shit, that's the time to do it. I would say that, and I don't know if you're a death row inmate for getting ready to face your 
electric chair or however you're sentenced to death and you've got i don't know a day or two like that you know the monster ted bundy was and any number of other monsters that actually <clears throat> did the did the right thing and they actually confessed and they they in other words it was their way of trying to make peace with the world and uh confessed and so these people of course hopefully they're not mass murderers or murderers at all but they still want to give their opinions because that is their way of helping or trying to help you see what you may not realize being really young is that old people really do want to help they want to be helpful as a matter of fact it's very this is something that becomes increasingly important at least for most and i just would like to stipulate that when i'm i'm talking about people and i'm talking about these actions and these things in general terms do they apply to every single elderly person no some elderly people are complete assholes because their entire lives they were complete assholes and sometimes unlike wine they don't get better with age some of them are crazy some of them are stupid <laughs> and that doesn't that doesn't improve with age either but so it doesn't apply to all but for those people who have any inkling of growth or change they will try to share advice and it would be good for you to listen and to take heed and in many cases what i have found in my talking to these folks um for one thing i noticed striking parallels between not just the revelations the things that they're telling me about life and what is important and what isn't but how this connects with my own life and not only honestly how i have changed personally over the years but how i'm examining and constantly re-examining myself to get comfortable to feel comfortable with the person that i want to become going forward if you follow me because you see what the goal now this is assuming you are not a uh, psychopath or a very narcissistic person because such people as that they do not have the power of introspection which is namely what this is they don't have that so you can x that off you can count them out but if you are blessed enough to be part of the fraternity of the relatively normal 
Uh, yeah, you can and will and should do this and you'll feel a lot better. And you'll probably do a lot better and be a lot better. And that will save you a lot of time, effort, energy, and aggravation paying money to a fucking shrink who actually, really, you don't need to be going to in the first place. You just need purpose. And that's the next part of this that I wanted to discuss at this point. Because at some point, what a person is supposed to do in their lives <clears throat> is ask the question, why am I here? What am I doing? Because if you're answering that question to yourself, but you're only doing that in the obvious and most you know relativistic terms then you, unfortunately, are missing the point of the question. Because most people, I would say most, are so wrapped up into the current moment. And usually, not always, usually it's their children. With some, if they don't have kids, or perhaps in addition to kids, it can be their career. But you see, I'm telling what I'm trying to tell you is, is that in the final analysis, as far as time spent, in real terms, a lot of that doesn't matter. And I would argue, you may think what I'm going to say here is shocking, but to a perhaps even greater extent, it doesn't even matter concerning your children. So, am I saying you should be oblivious to your children? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is to put it within certain boundaries. If you don't, when you get really old, you're going to regret that. And the point of that is that when a person is getting older, or perhaps they're very old, when you look at the totality of your existence, it's not supposed to be depressing. It's not supposed to be wasteful. You know, if you were a person, for instance, that you had very unfortunate um, things happen in your life, in your formative years, in your very important years of your life, and you absolutely had no control over that. Sometimes... You're just fucked. So, I mean, as an example, there is <clears throat> the famous video footage from the uh, 1940s, 
I assume it would be actually to be more specific 1945 when the war was over and the camps were liberated from Germany from the Nazis and there was all there was just so much video that was taken but some of them are very famous and they're not hard to find and one of them is of um, the one I'm thinking of. There are several. Again, you can easily find these on YouTube. But um, I'm certain this would have been in 45, um, where it shows the uh, children, little kids, you know, somewhere, I don't know, between six years old, maybe six to 12 years old, somewhere in there. It's one camp. And in particular, there was one of these kids that were all twins. And um, under the direction of the Nazi monster, Dr. Mingala, um, they were kept specifically to do uh, experiments on specifically because they were twins. And my point of this, um, which ties into realist philosophy, and I'm not going to go into this, which is why I'm happy, happily agnostic, because if you're one of those people who is religious, and believes that God's watching everything. Well, he must have been asleep at the wheel when this happened. And he was a uh, doing a pretty doing a pretty piss poor job when these tens of thousands of children suffered endlessly. And as far as re reincarnation is concerned, well. And you would argue to me the existence of reincarnation that these individuals who were robbed of their homeland and ended up in these horror factories and their children, and they deserve this through reincarnation. You reincarnated into this. Yep, that's why I call bullshit on that whole deal. And um, that's something I, I really care about. So that's why I don't go, I don't go in for either argument of any religion or even Eastern, the Eastern philosophies of reincarnation. I consider it all utter and total and complete bullshit. Because if you're going to reincarnate, it would seem a rather, it would seem rather cruel to have a person reborn, and then you're only a child and you're uprooted and shipped on a train, and you suffer unimaginably under that kind of torment. In those camps no give me a break that's why I believe in reason and I'm a rationalist and so
when we talk about these people, my point is, they were caught up in something they had absolutely no control over. And sometimes in life, whether they were the people at that time, or we can have friends, neighbors, family, there is, there really is such a thing as just being at the wrong place at the wrong time. <clears throat> you can be a victim of circumstance. I don't give a damn what anyone says. These things exist. They're very clear to me. So, if you are fortunate enough in your life that you are not one of those people, your purpose in life, I cannot tell you because, well, only you based on your individual circumstances and your abilities and so many other factors, only you can determine that. But here's what I can at least suggest to you that you are not here for. And maybe, just maybe, this aspect of the equation is what needs to be more closely examined because perhaps part of this equation should be looked at in the reverse position of not so much your purpose or what you're here for, but rather what you're not here for. What you're not here for is degradation. Or at least every way that you possibly can, to the best of your ability, is to avoid that. So that is, I think, a very realistic point of view as far as this is concerned. In other words, you do the best you can with the hand in life that you've been dealt. But what you are not supposed to do, as no matter how bad it may be, is simply to look at the hand that you've been dealt, shrug your shoulders and say, well, yeah, objectively, this is really pretty fucked up. I guess I'm just not interested in struggling. I don't I don't really want to struggle or try to lift myself up or be the shining star of the family or or anything. It's just, you know, I'm just going to be a bum and fuck it. That is what you are not supposed to do. And one simple reason for that is that our purpose is to try to not only improve ourselves, but to help and improve the lives of others. And again, that could be friends or family, or for that matter, if you're uh, 
if you're really great in one of the sciences, that may be complete strangers that your knowledge and science touched, even though you never met them and you never will. For instance, the great plant geneticist, Norman Borlaug. He saved the lives of God only knows how many people of starvation. Yet, most people don't even know his name. But he was a plant geneticist, primarily active um, well into the 1950s and certainly, I believe, in, into the 70s. <clears throat> I'm pretty certain he's probably passed on, but his name was Norman Borlaug. Check it out. And he did things like uh, figuring out how to uh, produce different strains of wheat that in turn produced far, far, far greater yields of wheat. This is the kind of work that a plant geneticist does. And if you trace it all the way back, what that means is if you increase the yield per acre at equal cost, that means surplus. It means a lot of more people eat. It means a lot more people don't starve to death. That is the point of being a better human being and doing something above and beyond. Now, am I saying that everyone can be Norman Borlaug? No. But, I don't know, maybe your neighbor three or four houses down is having a hard time and making ends meet or mm, somehow, and you, but you know them. They're your neighbor. You could help them. So, if you do that, at least to them, as far as they're concerned, and even if they don't know the damn name of the man themselves, you are there to them. You are their personal Norman Borlaug. Or as the old song used to say, you are their personal Jesus. That is why you do everything. It's not the nuts and bolts of what the company wants. Because that really doesn't have any true damn meaning. You have to have, ultimately, with what you're doing, it has to have meaning. Just like with what I'm doing, I sure as hell am not getting rich. I like getting the occasional donation to, you know, put something in the fridge, but I'm not doing it to get rich. I'm doing it because I want to try to help folks 
to do something as best as I know how. So when we talk about life's purpose, <clears throat> and if you'd never thought deeper about it, because I know plenty of people who do and who have, many women, young women that I've known in the past, they, they look about these things in life, but it's with the most superficial view without any depth of their thinking and the implications of what they're doing and they just do it and for most women she doesn't have to be a 10 <laughs> you know a six a six or a seven will do for us, um, yeah, she has no problem finding a sperm donor and making her dreams come true of having a baby. And sadly, for many of them, it's the attitude I'm saying, the prevailing uh, understanding is it's like they're getting a puppy. They really don't understand the depth the resource depth, the whole thing. They don't. It just becomes an end and means in itself. It's just like, well, I'm going to reach this age. Then I'm going to have a baby. Then I'm going to raise a baby. Then, and the cycle repeats itself. And I'm, I'm sorry, or perhaps I'm not star sorry, if I sound brash or, you know, crude. But for many people, many people, it is simply, um, you know, eat shit, reproduce without any real purpose. And that is a very big problem. So... You know, if you have a space and it can only accommodate so many people, I think it is better to have people who are actually contributing that will do things to improve the condition, at least the material, material or spiritual or intellectual um state of humanity other than just increasing the number of humans because we got enough of those that's not a problem we got plenty of humans what we have a shortage of is that we have a shortage of productive humans those that have true purpose that actually can get something meaningful done so when i said when i opened when i opened up this this broadcast and i said the title which is life's purpose why are you here no really why the hell are you here 
that's what I meant. That's what I'm asking you to ask yourself. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here.